Nightcrawler Podcast, Wednesday, February 3rd, Episode 6. 50% of podcasts actually don't make it past Episode 5, so we're glad to still be here. I'm Tyler Hammer, as always, joined with Colin Davis. We have another very special edition of Casey's Pod coming your way. A little later in the episode, Colin and I sit down with the producer of the Marks and Reese show on WIP, Jack Fritz. Yeah, we're definitely going to have a great interview with him. Going to pick his brain a little bit on the world of producing rather than being fully on the air. Um, and we're going to talk about his notorious college baseball career that sadly ended with him not uh, graduating with the team. But, you know, it's going to be a little fun little discussion. We also have another installment of Wednesdays with JoJo coming right up for you. But first... If you have a writing question you would like Colin and I to answer on Friday's edition of Casey's Pod, email us at casey.podcast21 at gmail.com. That's casey.podcast21 at gmail.com. If you have a calling question you would like Colin and I to answer, search up anchor.fm slash Casey's Podcast slash message. That's KC Podcast slash message. Wednesdays with JoJo. All right. We are now joined by the SGA president and editor for the Nightcrawler, Jojo Dawadi. Thank you for coming back and joining us once again, man. Glad to be back. You were a little late a little bit again. Not really, though, but we just had to postpone the interview because you were on another business call. Well, it was another, another one of those political calls that kind of had the same reason to me being late last week. Um, this one actually wasn't as action-packed. It was just trying to set up a fundraiser and you know, you have to go through the ins and outs of like, how do you want to fundraise? How do you want to advertise? And what platform do you want to use? So it was just a logistical thing for that. But, you know, nonetheless, happy to be here. Can you talk a bit about the fundraiser or is it still down low? It's still a little bit down low. We want to make sure we have the ins and outs planned before we kind of start talking about it. Gotcha. I wasn't sure if you wanted to release some information on Casey's pod live, but uh, I know it's secret information. Uh, Any... Uh, secret information though <laughs> any any sga updates well yeah we had a call with superintendent dr dietrich on friday and we were actually told some very good reassuring news to the student body and obviously nothing set in stone but he but the county commissioner of val Akush, she's actually encouraging um you know local student activities and school clubs to kind of plan for events that are outside so, you know, that can entail a lot of things. That can mean we have like a volleyball tournament outside. That can mean we have um, a 3v3 basketball tournament outside at uh, Parkside. Um, and, you know, that could also mean we have other events like prom and other things like that outside. So it's definitely good news. Um, you know, like I said, nothing set in stone. But, you know, just the idea that they were told, that, that we were told, it's, it's good to kind of start planning ahead for these things just in case we're allowed kind of brings back some kind of hope of, you know, student interaction between like school spirit and other things like that. So nonetheless, good news. Um, Obviously, recently I've been seeing it over social media, Twitter, Instagram, stuff like that. You just did your Ali Lindsay article. I know we caught up with you last week when you did our Rob, uh, your Rob article. Can you just tell us a little bit about the Ali Lindsay idea that you came up with? Yeah, no, that one was actually really fun for me to do because it was interesting getting the the perspective from Rob who again is a diabetic like Ali but decided not to play but then uh interviewing Ali who is a diabetic but continued on playing so it was definitely like I I was really interested in doing it and through that interview with her it I just learned a lot about her that many people just don't know you know I learned about her kind of progress into basketball I learned about her kind of work ethic. I learned about the people around her that kind of support her. And it was just like, it, it was, it felt like I was doing something kind of highlighting that, you, you know, we write about athletes like Josh Jones and other athletes kind of a lot, but we don't really write about athletes like Allie Lindsay who kind of have a profound impact on North Penn and the team program around her and for her teammates. So it was just nice getting uh, her name out there you know, because she definitely does deserve it. So she's a, I'm she's a three. She's a three sport athlete too, right? Yeah, she is. So it's it's. I think lacrosse, soccer, and uh, basketball. And she does have some experience playing softball, but she didn't play for the high school. But she she has played softball as well. 
So another thing you do from the interview standpoint is you do the interview series that we're conducting. So just talk a little bit about uh, what your role is in that. The career pathway exploration. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So basically the district has to kind of, well, my specific role in it is to talk about, I talk to members in our community who have, who are in specific career paths that kind of may or may not pertain to seventh graders all the way to 12th graders. So obviously a 12th grader making a decision is very different from a seventh grader making a decision in terms of like future careers. But it's, it's nice to have like conversations with people from all different career fields. Um, Like I talked to a, a horse doctor, which is like an equine veterinarian. I talked to, um, a congenital, um, researcher and another one was a lawyer and I think we're doing a teacher next. So it's, it's nice to talk about, you know, career interests with people from all different career fields. And we ask questions like, uh, what's like, what's your background? What experience led to that career? Um, what advice would you give to younger kids? And really about the ins and outs of the career. So we talk about like your daily, like your normal Tuesday. If you were to be like um, an airline pilot, we would talk about something like what surprised you that you didn't know about. And just overall good questions and good information for younger kids and also kids our age that, that can find useful. Um, obviously, we had the snow day on Monday, uh, all virtual on Tuesday and today. Um, if you're not part of, like, if you don't have any inside information on, like, how that works out, do you have any thoughts and opinions on how that would work and why we had the snow day Monday, but the virtual day on Tuesday and Wednesday? Um, I honestly think if, so let's take away the whole aspect of virtual school. If we were, so if this was like last year and we were in this same position, I think we would have had Monday off, obviously. And then Tuesday would have also been off. But just because of the fact that we had the option of having a virtual day and then not adding on an extra day to the end of the school year or taking away a spring break, I, I honestly don't, you know, I'm not really against the fact that we used another virtual day because of the fact that our spring break kind of remains the same. And so does like the end of the school year. So you know, depends on what perspective you look at it. But when it comes to like calling snow days, it's, there's a lot of things that you have to kind of take into consideration. It's like, obviously the roads are the, are the parking lots paved? Um, is it going to snow more? And there's like a lot of communication between the county um, and the district and also other public health officials. So there's just a whole lot that goes into it. But, you know, from a student perspective, I'm, I'm happy that you know, we didn't really use another snow day considering that we have like the same spring break that we would have had if we didn't. How do you, how do you think snow days are going to look in, in upcoming years, even if COVID's not a thing anymore? Do you think they'll still have the option to just do all virtual because we've done it before? I honestly, that would be very interesting. Like, are you saying like, there's no more virtual school and that we're all hundred percent back, but on snow days, they get, they make it. So we have virtual school. Yeah. Um, I'm against it. I'd imagine it really affect you though. You're, you're also going to be leaving. So I know, but I'm speaking for the younger kids. (laughs) (laughs) Why would you, why would you be against it? Because I think it's, it's kind of unfair. Like the whole point of the snow days, it's, it's almost like a social phenomenon for like elementary school kids and like also middle and high school. It's, it's a day for you to kind of relax. And it's an honest, it's an unexpected day of happiness where you can kind of go hang out with friends, go sledding, watch movies, you know, drink hot cocoa and overall get like a, like a family environment almost. So I, I think it would be wrong and cruel to kind of add a virtual day when you're not really virtual. Yeah, that's a good point. All right, Jojo, we just want to thank you for coming on, taking the time. Will you be back again next Wednesday? course let's go <laughs> all right that was our weekly segment with the sga president jojo dalwadi truly really great having him on every wednesday but now we're going to transition into our interview with jack fritz today we've 
another very special guest joining us on the show. He's the current producer for the John Marks and Ike Reese show, which you can listen to every weekday on 94.1 WIP. He's also the host of the High Hopes and the Art of the Take podcast. Jack Fritz, thank you for coming on, man. What's up, guys? How you doing? I can't believe I'm doing a podcast on a North Penn thing. You know, I mean, you guys cheat at sports every year. I mean, no class should have a thousand people on it. Um, so I think it's ridiculous that North Penn sports even count. So, uh, I'm, you know, I'm surprised I'm on this, but at least it's not Pat Burrow Horsham. <laughs> okay, wait, hold on. Real quick, Tyler, because I, I know how the, uh, you want the flow of this to go. Um, our teacher, when we first um, brought up your name, actually vividly remembered you because of on Twitter, uh, you remember a couple months ago during the pandemic when they were doing uh, the team of the decade. Uh-huh. So on May 11th, um, it was 2013 North Penn versus 2012 Hatboro Horsham. And North Penn ended up winning the poll 51% to 49%. And you left in the comments, <laughs> anyone that votes for a Hatboro Horsham team is a joke. Yeah, that's right. Is that a nod to how good the North Penn team was? Or do you hate Hatboro Horsham that much? And if you hate them so much, why do you hate them? Uh, no, it's – so they knocked us out of my high school playoffs in 2012. So we lost to that Hatboro team. But we were up 4-1 in the seventh as the uh, – sev- I think we were the eighth seed and they were the one seed. And we were up 4-1 and blew a three-round lead in the seventh. And I don't like to talk about it. So I'm not even close to being over it. Um, I was not on the mound, so don't don't make that joke. <laughs> I, pitched, I pitched game one. Okay, the, the the Aces all started game one. Uh, I did not start game two of the playoffs. We lost the Hatboro. Uh, they walked us off on a balk, I think, or no, on a walk. He walked off on a walk. That's how we lost. That's how my my high school career ended to that Hatboro team that we had. had we, we were winning the game. Like, we should have won the game. So, um, and one of my buddies played on the 2013 uh, North Penn team. So. I was trying to support him as well. They, they actually did say in the comments, uh, the official Hatboro Horsham baseball team responded to your comment saying, I would love to know why you feel that way. I understand we ended your high school career, yeah. but there was a lot of talent on that team. Yes, I know they're talented. They're the number one team in the state that year. Um, also, like, it's definitely not that serious, uh, Hatboro Horsham Twitter account. Like, we're just, we're just having some fun. Um, and I, I knew a couple of kids in that team. So, like, I kind of had a little back and forth. But, um, yeah, I, I don't think I'll ever get over that loss. Um, and I will I will never I've, – I've said it before and I'll say it again. I'm never step, stepping foot in, uh, in Hapro Horsham ever again. So, as I'm sure you know, we interviewed Marks a couple of weeks ago after Collins' call-in on Doug Peterson Day. And he just yes. spoke so highly of you on that show that we just knew we had to have you on as a guest. Yeah, I mean, Mark, I wouldn't be where I am today without Mark. So, um it's been it's been a pleasure working with them i think it's a i think it's a funny show i think we have a fun show um and yeah i did i went back and listened to it um so it was a, it was a it was a funny listen for sure and that was the day that um colin committed to, to stevenson on the show that we 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 bullied him into uh committing on the show because i mean you're not going to call in and say i'm committing on friday you know or whatever when like you can just commit to to people that actually listen you know you, you can go up to, you can broadcast it to the entire area yeah, as the producer, do you do you pick how long like do you cut off um like the call-ins? Because Colin was on there for a long time. Yeah. Um I no. So what I do is if if I, I put the guys I trust at the top more. Um and nothing against Colin. I just didn't <laughs> know Colin at the point at the time. Um it ended up being a really fun call. So I'm glad he, I'm glad he, he hung on there. Um but if it's like a first time caller, unless if they, they're like very, you know, engaging on the phone, um, I, I don't generally put them up there. I put the guys that like, you know, ultimately we're doing a radio show and it's for entertainment and we want to, you know, it's not just for the for people that want to get on the air. It's also for the people listening. So like I try to put the, the callers that I know like, kind of where they're going up first um, or towards the top. So it really depends. I mean, if it's a slow day, um, you know, we, we have, we have more freedom on the phones, but like when we're honed in on a topic, it's pretty much just, you know, we want you to keep on the topic. Like we don't want you to start talking Sixers or Flyers, you know, if we're talking Eagles, talk Eagles. So um, it's, it's interesting. It's an interesting process that I, I still learn about every day. 
I think you need uh, more people. I mean, sometimes you call at 2.15 and you're not on until 5.30. You know, the wait time's a little heavy sometimes. So, I don't oh, know. Can be a little I, I think you need to speed up a little there, Jack. I don't know if you're really doing that great of a job. Well, that's because maybe I'm putting uh, callers that I trust ahead of the people that started at 2.15. But I don't know. It's It really just depends. Um, and then sometimes I forget how long people have been holding. So then I just, <laughs> so then I feel bad. Um, but I try not to have people hold that long. Unless it's like a personal vendetta thing for me, um, where it's like, I don't feel like dealing with you today. So I'll, I'll put you on hold. But um, yeah, generally, we try not to make people wait too long. But I also think people have to understand that, you know, we have a, pretty much the whole show, we have a full board, which is nine callers. And we take maybe five callers an hour. So it takes, it, it will take a little while. Like there's some people who wait like a half hour and they'll drop and they'll call me right back. And they'll say, I waited a half hour. Why didn't I get on the air? It's like, well, that's not that long. <laughs> like, it's, it's, it's not too long. I mean, people, people wait a lot longer than that to get on the air. So, um, yeah. So, I, I could probably do a better job sometimes. And I'm sorry I made you wait. Are you also in charge of the uh, soundboard and sound effects that go in? Uh, yeah. So, I have the, the drop board right in front of me. Um, and Marks also has access to a drop board. Um, but it, for the most part, it's me. Except when Marks plays that uh dog drop that's the long um that i hate it's like a it's a really funny drop it's a funny drop it just it goes on like a second too long in my head um but yeah both me and me and him have the drop board but it's primarily me putting in the drops because uh me and tyler have been probably laughing for like two weeks straight at the uh the two years varsity uh little yeah. drop that's one of like our favorites like i think it's just a really funny clip yeah, it's hard to it's hard to use that one because the, the only time I really use it is when um is when a guy will call in my favorite marks is when someone will call in and be like, Did you even play football? And he'd be like, he'd be like <laughs> yeah, yeah, I played I was, uh, I was driving to the gym like maybe a day or two before I called in and they're like talking about how Doug Peterson shouldn't have been fired, like cars of the problems. And Marks is like, uh the caller I think was like uh marks did you even play football he's like no i did and marks is like did you and he's like yeah i played in high school or something like that like yeah. as if that like validates like his opinion or something right oh that, that's my favorite call my favorite caller is the guy who played in high school that wants to talk like with ike about two guys that played the game or the or the guy that starts off the call like yeah i've been in the season ticket holder since 1965 it's like <laughs> oh, cool i mean awesome um <laughs> um but yeah no i love uh when because because sometimes mark marks will play along he'd be like yeah i was a stud in eighth grade but the coach didn't get me in and i always think that's hilarious and then whenever they talk about yeah i was a middle linebacker and really high school in like 1986 and then i dropped the two years varsity thing so it's it's a it's a it has to be a a well-timed drop it's not one you can use every day so, so being in high school, like Colin and I are, you know, we're aspiring journalists and broadcasters. And what, what we like to do with the guests that we have on is just pick their brains and find out how they got into the position that you're in now. But before we start, we're going to switch up a little bit for you. We want to start off with your high school and college baseball career because we touched on that already. Okay. So what was your high school and Bloomsburg baseball career like? Because I know it's something that Ike and John like to rip on you a lot on the show for. Yeah, it's, it's disappointing uh, how much they rip on me for my, my, my college career. Um, you know, they don't well, – Ike understands. John doesn't understand how hard it is to, to make it to become a college athlete. You know, it, it takes a lot of work. It's a grind, okay? Um, and I was on scholarship, even though I ended up being one of the biggest busts in Bloomsburg history. Um, but my high, school, my high school career was legendary. I mean, I, mean, I was honored. Like, I was all, all, all league my junior and senior year. Um, you know, I didn't throw overwhelmingly hard, but I threw hard enough. Um, but yeah, my high school career was good. I mean, uh, I, I'm two and zero in the high school playoffs, which is all that matters. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, it was fine. It was it was a lot of fun. I miss it a lot. Um, like not playing high school sports is like the worst. And I know you you guys are going through that now. Cause I guess you guys are both seniors. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Yeah. I mean, playing high school sports is the best. Like even even when you play in college, like you become friends with those guys and whatnot, but like in high school, you guys grow up together. Um, so we all grew up together playing together. And um, unfortunately that Hatboro team had to end it. Um, but my, my, my college career was pretty terrible. Um, like I, I got there and I, uh, my best pitch was my cutter. And 
some, I had no idea how, but I forgot how to throw it. And it's not like I didn't have the grip or whatever. It's just, I didn't, I somehow just lost it and I could never get it back during my time there. So um, I lost the velocity. I also yeah, I threw a ton heading into college, which was dumb. Like my whole summer heading into college, I was like still pitching when I should have shut it down. And so I entered college, like I was down four miles an hour from what I usually was. Um, I know it sounds like a lot of excuse making, and it, it, it definitely is a lot of excuse making, but I just, I don't know what happened. Like I just forgot how to, how to almost throw a baseball. Um, and like my first, my first, they put me in the first game of the year. We'd just been on a bus for eight hours and they put me in a tie game in my first ever college appearance and I blew it. So it was just, it was just downhill from the start. It was, it did not turn around. It did not go well. Don't look at the stats. My career. I have the, I, I have the stats. So I was hoping we can get it. Listen, am I lying? Am I lying? They're not good. Do you know what your career ERA is? Nine four. I have I have the Bloomsburg site has eight point nine four. Better than nine four. It's better than nine four. Thirteen strikeouts uh, as well. Well, listen, the strikeout pitcher. I think I have what like did I have six walks? Yeah, 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 six. Yeah, it was bad. It 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 wasn't it wasn't the college career that I had envisioned. That's for sure. But I mean, I still. I mean, I I don't think I would be where I am today without playing college sports. I mean, it just it teaches you, you know fundamental like discipline and showing up on time and all that all that that good stuff and work ethic i guess even though you know didn't work the hardest in college but um it was it was all well worth it even though it was a <laughs> it didn't go the way i had planned now did you only play the two years yeah and then i played the two years and then i genuinely felt bad taking scholarship money like <laughs> so i was like i can't i can't justifiably take this because I'm, I'm terrible <laughs> right now. So, so I was like, all right, I'm done. I don't want to take your money. And I did want to, I did want to focus on radio and yeah, it ended up working out pretty well. <laughs> I'm guessing Markel Fultz was one of your favorite athletes uh, <laughs> since you could, since you could relate so heavily. I know. Well, no, in my Twitter bio, it was, I need the Sixers to trade for or trade up for Markel Fultz for like a year. Like I was, I was all on Markel Fultz. Um, some say I'm the Markel Fultz of Bloomsburg baseball. Um, Who says that? <laughs> everyone, everyone. No, no one says that. <laughs> everyone says it. They, everyone, they walk around the streets thinking like, oh, who is the bigger bus, Markel Fultz or Fritz? <laughs> is there really such thing as bust at Bloomsburg? I feel like the only bust like really comes when someone can't hold down like two beers on a Tuesday night. Um, well, I don't know when you're, when you had the most money on the team as a freshman and then you were terrible for two years, I think that's a pretty big bust. I mean, you'll learn when you get Stevenson, you know, it's a lot of pressure. So talking about getting out of the team, um, and then focusing on radio, how did that start? And then what was it like of getting your first job and graduating? Um, yeah, so it started, I mean, I listened all the time. You know, when I was up at Bloom, I was listening to uh, Mike and Ike. You know, I was listening to the morning show um, and all that stuff. So I was listening to the radio all the time, like in between classes, walking around, listening um, to all the shows. And I just, um, in the summers, in the summers, I would make dog bones with my dad. Um, but I would like literally just in a, I was in a church, I was in a church kitchen for eight hours a day, uh, making these dog biscuits that for my dad's company. And I would just listen to the radio all day long. So I think I developed um, a little bit there. Um, and then, yeah, just at, the, at school, I was, I was doing, um, doing a radio show. I was on a podcast. I was writing all that fun stuff. Um, and then I was lucky enough to get a, an internship after my junior year. And I, uh, I met Marks and I met Seltzer there, James Seltzer, the midday show producer. Um, and just create a, create a kind of a friendship with those guys. Kept in contact with them when I went back to school. And um, after my senior year, I was out for eight months. You know, I didn't do anything. I was, I was uh, again, making, making dog biscuits. And I was driving Uber when, when Uber was just starting. Um, but I was still podcasting and writing and all that fun stuff. I was just waiting to kind of see if I can work my way in. Um, and then Seltzer and, and Marks helped me get a job uh, on the street team at WIP. So the street team is basically like you – you go to all the events where we have live broadcasts like Chickies and 
um, some like grocery stores and all of that stuff. And you set up and you tear down and you're just there like two hours before the broadcast, two hours after setting up and all that stuff. So, um, so yeah, that was kind of my foot in the door. And then once I had my foot in the door, I just started grinding and uh, I was there all the time. I started producing and um, slowly but surely I worked my way up from there. What was your, what was your college podcast called? Uh, like the Philly fix with a pH. Like so I thought it was the, the so coolest it's not, thing. It's not as original as the Nightcrier podcast where we literally write for the Nightcrier. So we decided to call it the Nightcrier podcast. <laughs> it is not. It is not as original as that. Uh, it's definitely sounds cooler than the Philly fix, um, <laughs> which is like so corny, but whatever. Uh, it was at Bloomsburg. So, you know, they're not everyone there is a Philly sports fan. So, uh, yeah, it was, it, was a, it was a good learning experience, though. How would you describe your relationship with John and Ike? It's great. I mean, uh, John and I have known each other for a while. Uh, and he's kind of the first person, I would say, that ever kind of believed in, in me as a, as a radio person. Um, I, remember, <laughs> I remember I was interning on a show and I messed up, like, podcasting something. And he like DM me like, what are you doing? And I was like, ah, oh, I messed up. And, it, and, and he was like, oh, it's all good. Uh, can you, can you come in early and can you come in early and meet or something? Or no, after the show tomorrow, can we meet about something? And I was like, oh, great. I'm going to get fired. Like I, I messed something up terribly. And uh, we were just sitting there and he was like, he was like, I think you have a future in this. Um, and like, I, I think you're, I think you could be good at this. So um yeah we've known each other for a long time and even when he was uh hosting afternoons and i was producing evenings um i would still send him like at night out uh, i'll get home around 12 uh no i'll get home around 1 a.m and i would kind of send him show ideas then i would send him what i would do and kind of teasable stuff that we can talk that you can talk about the next day so i developed a good relationship with him uh just throughout the years of working and and being radio guys and then Ike, like, I love Ike. Like, he is, he is hilarious. Um, and, you know, I didn't really, obviously, I didn't know him before I started working at the WIP. I knew who he was and, and all that stuff. Um, and I think when I first started on the show, you know, he'd been pretty used to Ben and Turtle, whatever, his other producers. And I think he kind of viewed me as I was Marx's guy. And, and I was just there to, uh, to help out Marx and whatnot. But I think we've developed a, a really good relationship um, where we can like talk about a lot of things. And um, I think I've, I've built some trust with him from that standpoint. Um, and now it's like, now I feel like I'm, I'm a good friend of both of them. Um, and working with, working with those guys every day is just a, it's just a blessing. So um, I, our relationship is, is great show-wise. I was talking with one of my friends who uh, went to LaSalle, you know, and now goes to Syracuse after our Marx interview and we were just talking about the show in general he's like honestly like I love Jack like just how he's sarcastic and just kind of puts in at any point like it really adds an element to the show also I'm pretty sure that's the night you told me North Penn was a baseball school which I took a deep offense to but that's for another day um yeah well I mean listen they win state championships all right well when you have a top two team in the country recruiting from California a mile away in prep. It's a, not as yeah. easy, man. Listen, that sounds, that sounds like an excuse. All right. Well, you were a bust at Bloomsburg. So I know, I know I'm full of excuses. Anytime, anytime you need an excuse, I'm an excuse machine. Point, point is on the show. Um, how do you, how did you learn to get into that role of not being only the producer, but kind of like that third voice that people like listen in for sometimes? Um, for me, like, I don't know. I've always kind of been this way where it's like kind of, I, I don't know if I'm arrogant, but like I'm not really arrogant, but people think I am more than I really am. Um, so I kind of have that, I've kind of had that thing going for a little bit. Um, but honestly, I developed a lot of it on Julio's show. Um, obviously I worked with Julio for about a year, I think it was about a year and a half. And Joe is like, Joe is so serious all the time, like just straight sports takes and, and, you know, he's amazing at it. Uh, but I was kind of, my role was to like, kind of be his foil, 
but also liven the show up and kind of have a little make some laughs and stuff. Um, so I kind of developed it from that standpoint of just uh, how to kind of make people laugh on the radio. Um, but also, like I listened to a, when part of my take first came out um, in like 2015, 2016, or whatever. Like I listened to that a lot and. I kind of took some of the stuff they did and some of the stuff I liked that they did and tried to incorporate it in radio because I hadn't really heard it before. Um, so yeah, I just kind of developed that over the years. And then with, with Ike, like making Ike laugh is like the funnest thing ever. Cause like he, he, like his whole body moves when he laughs, like he's not just like a ha ha chuckle guy. Like he is like clapping and like heads down and all of that. And it's awesome. Um, so I try to, I try to add that in. And honestly, like on Marks and Reese, like sometimes the, the arguments get like so intense or where I'm like, oh, let's, let me just throw a little something in there to kind of make sure that they're not just screaming for um, like 10, 15 minutes straight. So um, it, it really just, it developed it's kind of who I am, but also uh, just in working with Julio and uh, kind of taking that style to, to, to Marks and Reese. So you talk about doing the, the podcast in high school and college, and you obviously do too now. Do you enjoy doing podcasts more than the radio? Because I know on radio, you got to censor a little bit more with what you say. Um, well, High Hopes, uh, High Hopes is like, it's so nice being able to talk about just baseball, like for an hour or whatever. Um, like, I, like High Hopes is kind of like my baby. Like we, we've grown that thing into, into now what it is. And um, I think it's the best Phillies podcast out there. So um, that's kind of, you know, it's kind of like my thing. Um, but I really like, I'll do a whole, I'll produce Marks and Reese and then go straight into High Hopes. And like, it's still, everything's just great. Like I don't really, like yeah. the radio brings out stuff that, that they don't do on high hopes and there's high hope stuff that we don't do on, on the radio, obviously, you know, talking about baseball for an hour. So really like high hopes is just a, a really good kind of side thing that I, that, you know, keeps me sane during all the Eagles talk, um, which is great. I mean, Eagles talk is fine, but baseball is like kind of my niche, I want to say. So um, it really, you know, they're all, they're both great and uh, they both bring the different um, sides of, of what I can do out. So um, I don't really have a preference. I, I, gen- I genuinely love doing both. Uh, was it Jillio? I can't remember. Tyler, you can correct me if I'm wrong. Was it Jillio that said he could score a touchdown or that like, he could hit a pitch or something like that? Yeah, it was. No, that was Elliot. Uh, that was Elliot. Do, do, like you being obviously a, granted it's D2, but being a baseball player, do you think that's like even remotely true at all? You know, you're taking a lot of shots at Division Two right now. I don't, I don't, I don't like it. Um, but uh, no, we we did we through this summer. We I threw to Elliot, you know, on camera or whatever, and like his hardest hit ball was like a it like literally dribbled the shortstop. Like it was very weakly hit, and that was off me. And I'm pretty cooked now. I'm not I'm not good anymore. Um, so yeah, he would have no shot. He would have no shot. He, he's very confident he could. Um, but yeah, he, 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 he is not that, you know, maybe in soccer, he was good, but when it comes to the, the, the other sports, he was definitely not strong. So Ellie would have no shot, but I appreciate the confidence that he has. Um, you're talking like you guys talk to some like really insane guests that if I'm not listening, like I'll see you guys just, um, tweet out like who you guys are talking to. You guys talked to Aaron Donald from the Rams today, right? Yeah. Like, how do you guys go about scheduling that or like getting that on a Philly radio? Obviously he did go to um central Catholic, I believe, and obviously went out to pit. So it's like Pennsylvania, but still on a Philly radio, how are you guys going about getting a guest of that caliber? Right. Right. So, so it's uh, what usually is going on right now on radio is every radio, not us. We never really went, um, but almost every radio station is down at radio row at the Super Bowl. Um, so Radio Row is like, there's just rows and rows of radio shows um, all down. And they set it up at a Super Bowl. So basically, like, what happens is, uh, like, like their people reach out to the producers and say, hey, uh, this big athlete or whatever is promoting this. Um, would you be have any interest in having him come on the show? So 
Um, obviously this year with COVID and everything is we're not doing radio row, um, but we're still able to get the, the guests on with the, with the, the, whatever they're promoting. So like, for example, today, Aaron Donald was promoting uh, ready or something. It's like a new sports drink that, that, that could take over the market or whatever, but something he uses. So basically um, there's this guy who like represents him and that company. They'll email me. And then um, we'll see if we have a time worked out to where we can have him come on. And um, so we'll, we'll bring him on and promise that we'll promote the product. And then, uh, yeah, so basically it's just a bunch of, a bunch of interview requests. Like on Friday, we have DeMarcus Ware and he's promoting something. We had Kevin Harlan on the show today. Um, he uh, does the call on Westwood One, which is the radio network that uh, we run the game off of for, for Sunday nights. So, it's really just uh, their people kind of reach out to all producers around the country and see if we can uh, work something out. So that's, that's, that's pure, just them reaching out to us. We would have no shot of getting, you know, Aaron Donald if it wasn't during Super Bowl week. If you guys ever have one that you guys don't want, we'll take it for you. No doubt. Yeah, Colin, oh, we should yeah. try to get Aaron Donald on. Uh, next yeah. Time. Well, I'll, I'll give them your contact info. <laughs> we take, uh, we'll, we'll take Ike instead of Aaron Donald. They're pretty similar, I guess. Pretty comparable. Well, I mean, Ike would be a bigger hit, I would think. You know, I, mean, I get that Aaron Donald's amazing, but he also chokes against the Eagles every year. So, um, um, I think Ike would be a pretty big get. Was that one of the lines in your uh, ready advertisement? <laughs> Dude, they didn't take it. They didn't take it. I wanted, I wanted them to work. I wanted them to figure out how to word a question to basically say, "Why do the Eagles own you?" but you, you, you dominate every other team. And it took it very seriously that I said that they should tell the Aaron Donald that the Eagles own him. And I was just saying, I would like to know what the Eagles do to kind of neutralize Aaron Donald, who is amazing. You know, I mean, apparently he's like the best defensive player in the league and the Hall of Famer. But against the Eagles, I've never seen him look that special. So I want to know what it was. You know, I thought it was a fair question. They, they, they disagree. Probably lining a Vitae up against them works pretty well. Well, he's an inside guy. Why would I? <laughs> you got the best center, Jason Kelsey, and you have an amazing guard in Johnson. So I mean, like, I, I know, guess, I yeah. know. But there's other there's other good centers in the league. I just I thought it was an interesting question. They both thought I was being they they both thought I was being ridiculous. Not sure that's really something you say during an advertisement for the person, though. <laughs> well, we got to get something out of the interview. Well, I don't want to bring them on for a ten minute advertisement. You know, I want to get a little content out. May try to make some headlines. <laughs> All right, so you talked about the Phillies and baseball. So what we like to do now is transition a little bit to the Philadelphia sports scene. I know you probably talk about it all day, so we'll try to make it quick. But re-signing JT and DD, do you believe the Phillies snapped their playoff drought this year? Because I'm pretty sure you were in high school the last time they made the playoffs. And I was. <laughs> yeah, I was. In, I think I was. Colin, I think we were in kindergarten. So that just shows a little bit about the, the Philly success over the last 12 oh. years. But I believe if they can't get it done in the next five years while they have JT and Bryce signed, then I would consider it a failure. Ah, oh, massive failure. Well, get it done from what standpoint? Like winning a World Series? Or at least making it? Yeah. Um, listen, this is the time to go for it. I mean, you pretty much have a three-year window right now to kind of go for it. Um, you know, JT is a, a great player, uh, but I'm not betting on him, you know, four years, four or five of that contract to be as good as he is now. Um, so, yeah, I mean, getting those guys back is massive. Um, and I'm actually, I'm a little higher on the bullpen the most. Like I don't, it's not going to be the worst in baseball history. Like it was last year, but they have some legit pieces back there and you expect some of the guys to get a little bit better, um, like Brockton and Romero. Um, but it's going to be really tough. Like the NL East is unbelievable. Um, I, I've never seen it be this loaded. Like literally one through five are all pretty good. Like they're not amazing, but they're pretty good. You know, the Braves are, have been good the last couple of years. Nationals won the World Series. Marlins made the playoffs last year. Phillies could have if they, you know, won a freaking game the last week of the season. Um, so, really, for me, it comes down to expanded playoffs. If, and it doesn't look like that's happening anymore. Um, and, and the bullpen. I mean, last year, if they had a semi-competent bullpen and not the worst in the history of the sport, they're a playoff team, you know. Um, they, their offense is top ten. That When Alec Bohm came up, they were fourth in runs last year. And they get a full season out of that. I think they're I think they're a good team and I think people are a little too down on them um and I think that has to do with obviously with the what they watched last year with the bullpen but I'm I'm pretty high on the Phillies and my only reservation is that 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 division is loaded so 
they're going to beat up on each other. It's not like the, the NFC East, which is a joke. Um, it's, you know, it's actually talented. So um, it's going to be, it's going to be a fight for most of the season, but I'm, I'm higher on the Phillies than most. I brought this up with Marks. Obviously uh, you being a baseball guy, you can touch on that a little bit better. Um, baseball, obviously everyone knows it's kind of been like, just like just down period in terms of viewership and ratings and popularity. Um, specifically when the, within the city, because I think Philly fans are the greatest in the world and we go hard for whatever team basically do you think signing JT and maybe towards the end of the regular season, postseason, like baseball can be like, you know, somewhat of a feel good slash big story. Well, I mean, that's what they, that's what people said, you know, before 07 through 11. And when the Phillies did, when the Phillies were on that run, I mean, they were the toast of the town. I mean, we would talk about, we would break down Phillies games on the radio like it was an Eagles game. Um, so baseball, baseball's very fickle. You know, when, when the city's in and they're behind the team, like it's, it's a big deal. And when they're not, you know, it's how it's been since you guys were in kindergarten, which is, which is just knowing, you know, it's all old people and like some middle-aged guys talking about like the good old days of 07 to 11. Like it's, it's hard to reach your generation unless the team's good. Like um, I worked Phillies baseball Academy uh, in like 2015 or whatever. So I was working with all the young kids and like, there was no one there. Like no, no kid wanted to go work at Philly or come to Philly's baseball Academy. Cause it was, it, it like the team was so bad. Like who were they going to go see? Like who, who are they trying to emulate and, and whatnot? I mean, um, Dominic, also, Dominic Brown, Don Brown. Exactly. Like, it's like, that's our guy. That's our guy. Dude, there's still major leaguers though. Like <laughs> Dominic, <laughs> Dominic Brown had that good month of May know, that, that one year. <laughs> the guy's an all-star. I don't disrespect him. Um, <laughs> But yeah, it's just like when they're good, the city's all in. Like I was talking to people that had been to Phillies baseball academy during the Phillies run, they would have like 400 kids at camp, and we'd have like 90. You know, um, it just it, it takes a while for for the city to get behind it, its team sometimes. Um, but I just I don't think the, I think the 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 idea that baseball is dead I I've never agreed with, and I think if we're talking popularity in the city, it goes Eagles, Phillies, Sixers flyers even at this point you know a lot of people overrate nba stuff because of how twitter talks about them um but like twitter's not as big of an audience as like what they're actually watching um so yes it's an old medium but you know as soon as the team's back i mean everyone remembers everything about the phillies run from you know 07 to 11 so it's really just a matter of them getting back and showing competent baseball versus what they pulled last year so this is Philly sports, but it's a little bit actually very old school. Um, Tyler, I don't know if you know this. Jack notoriously believes that Wilt Chamberlain never scored 100 points in a game. He says there's no evidence, and it's impossible to convince him. I was talking about it uh, on Twitter with him. Jack, can you just elaborate a little bit on this uh, very hot take? I just want to know where the video is, you know. There's not – it's just, it's very convenient. It's very convenient that the night that he quote unquote scored a hundred points, there was no video of like, the, like the, it's not, it was not 1925. It was not 1940. It was the sixties. There was, there's video cameras. It's an NBA game against the Knicks. I think it's fishy. They played in Hershey. And also he went 28 of 32 from the free throw line. The guy is a career 51% free, three, uh, free point. Free throw shooter. How in one night did all of a sudden he's like, I'm only going to miss four of these in one night. There's no, there is no possible shot that that guy scored 100 points in a game. It is, it is ridiculous. Like 60, 62 field goal attempts is like 13 more than most in, in, in the NBA's history. Um, it's fishy. There's no, there's no, there's no video of it. It seems like a tall tale. I could definitely see them being like, Hey, Will, here's a hundred points on it. You just scored hundred points. I don't know when they started counting, you know, I, I just, they, they, a lot of stuff doesn't add up with it. Um, and again, if you can show me the video of Will Chamberlain scoring hundred points, I'll believe you. Um, but it's, it's, it's kind of a tall tale. So if you don't think he scored a hundred, first yeah. two things, one, why would everyone keep up this 
make-believe story for so long, and how many do you think he actually scored if this game even took place? I would say he scored in the 80s. You know, I could, I could see him getting to 80-something. 100 points. And why is it exactly 100 points? Did they, did, they, <laughs> did, they, did, they, did they call it? Did they call it right when he scored 100 points and said, all right, that's it? Like, could you like, – back in that time, it was a lot of hype machines, and it was a lot of trying to, you know, make things bigger than they were. You know, it was the 60s. You know, there, there was no fact-checking. Um, so, I don't know. I feel like it was something that they wanted to make sound realistic, and then everyone started believing it. You know, they started believing, oh, he actually did score 100 points. I just want to know, you know, why exactly 100? Did you, did you keep the game going as long as possible to make sure he got to 100? I don't know. It just, there's, there's a lot of holes in the story. You actually do bring up some good points there. I'm not too familiar on the topic, but, you know, if I was just listening to you talk about it, I could get behind your argument. Thank you. Thank you. I'm trying to, I'm trying to convince people that, you know, just because something happened and someone told you that it happened, you know, it's just, just, just do some extra thinking. And honestly, like, this is, this is just sports, you know. Some people believe some crazy stuff. Um, he might have scored 100, but I don't know. I, I'm skeptical. Okay, so before we let you go, I want to do a little segment we like to call Boomer Bust. So I'll give you a prediction, and you have to tell me whether or not you think the prediction is a boom, so it's going to happen, or bust, it's not going to happen. So okay. I'll, start, I'll start it off with Joel Embiid wins MVP this season. I think he'll play it an MVP. I'll say bust. Um, not because I don't think he's deserving. It's just I feel like there's a good amount of candidates this year. Um, and it's so tough for him, not for him to win the MVP, but he doesn't play every night. Um, but I think he's playing at a caliber of an MVP player. Um, the Phillies make the NLCS. Oh, bust. No shot. I mean, like, I think they'll be, I think they'll be better, but, uh, that's a little, that's a little far-fetched for me. Uh, Carson Wentz has moved this offseason. Uh, boom. I think it's going to happen. I think it's going to happen. It's unbelievable that we're at this point. Um, but the fact that, that, that Hertz is doing all the media stuff and they brought in his friend as the coach and um, all that stuff, it, it, it just something doesn't seem right. The fact that he hasn't talked in 63 days, um, it's a little weird. Um, and it seems like they're kind of working behind the scenes to get him out of here, and, um, kind of start fresh for the whole organization. Where do you think he fits the best? Um... I really – I could totally see Belichick trading for him. Um, I don't know if it's the best fit for him. Actually, it might be the best fit for him because I think Belichick and McDaniels would, would um, get the most out of him. You know, they, they wouldn't be afraid to coach him. They would say, hey, look at the rings. You know, you, you didn't win one in Philly, really. Um, so, I think, I think New England makes a lot of sense. Uh, obviously, the Colts thing, but I don't know. They seem like they don't want to. Uh, and the 49ers, I think, are a sneaky fit. Um, just from the standpoint of Shanahan and they think they can get more out of him. And he's probably more talented than Jimmy G. Um, but I, I think the Patriots would be a cool fit. All right. So this last one here isn't really a boomer bust, but we've been asking all our guests, who do you think the next Philadelphia team is to win a championship? Um, it's probably the Flyers. I mean, that seems like the pretty generic one. Um, uh, it's been nice getting back to the Flyers. Like I, uh, they're my fourth, you know, they were, for a long time when I was growing up, I liked the Flyers the most, well, behind the Eagles. Um, and then the strike happened, which was like an 04. And uh, I don't know. It just it took me a while to get back in. But it's been nice getting back into the Flyers a little bit. Um, and they certainly have a fun team. They're playing weird this year. They're, like, they're – With the divisions? Not, yeah. They're not dominating teams. And honestly, like, you know, everyone's fired up about them being in first place. But they're not in first place because of the goalie. You know, I mean, Carter Hart's been kind of disappointing this year. So – um, if he's not going to develop into the, the guy I thought he was, you know, that could definitely hurt the, hurt the growth, but it's way too early for that. But and that's definitely one, one main story with them that I think uh, will eventually start getting picked up. Our, our defense is pretty banged up too. So I don't, I don't put all the blame on Hart right now because we got a bunch of, bunch of guys all, um, out right now, especially Couturier. He's not defense, but he definitely a big defensive presence in the middle. Yeah. I, don't know. I mean, like they, they've had defensive problems for my whole entire life. So. Just, I mean, it's every year for every Flyers fans talk about, oh, defense. Well, I don't know. They've been bad forever in my whole life. So ever since, ever since uh, Eric Deschardins, you know, they never had a, has, uh, some studs back there. So I guess this is another year of Flyers defense not being that good. All right. Well, we want to thank you, Jack, for coming on. It's been a good time. Obviously, they can find your stuff from 2 to 6 on WIP, but let the listeners know where they can find your podcast. 
Yeah, if you go to um, anywhere, you get a podcast, really. You know, the main ones are obviously Apple and Spotify. Um, search Phillies. We're on there. Uh, if you want to specifically find us, it's it's uh, the High Hopes, High Hopes, a Phillies podcast. Um, if you want some of the best Phillies uh, content out there. So I appreciate you guys having me. Uh, we officially have uh, two-thirds of the Marks and Reese show. So uh, <laughs> I don't know what you and Marks can do, but I think we need to fill the trifecta right there. Oh. Uh, that's a big ask. It's a big ask. He's pretty exclusive. So, well, well, uh, yeah, because it's not like, like no, you and Marks have well, like, he has like 500,000 uh, people on Twitter. So it's like, you can't really DM him or anything. No, he does not have 500,000. He has like 300,000 or something. He has 145,000. You know the number? Than, exactly. Well, You're a weirdo, bro. No, it's a running joke. It's a running joke okay. that, he has, that he has more than Howard. We like to make fun of, of Howard saying that Ike has more followers than I'm pretty followers. But honestly, like if I were you, I would call in and I would bully Ike into doing it. And then Ike will, Ike will say yes. You're the one I don't know if I can calls. call in for a second straight time and plug the podcast. I feel like, like. Well, Marks will plug it for you. Marks is pretty good. But hey, I was on Colin's podcast, and Ike, you should go on. And I'll say, oh, it was an okay experience. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, but uh, I'll tell like you know, it was, it was great. They'll rip you for playing college sports, even though he played Division three football, not Division two football. It'll be, it'll be, it'll be a great time. All right. Well, right. Thanks for coming yeah, on. Yeah, make it happen. No doubt. All right. Sounds good, guys. Have a good one. All right. Thanks, man. All right. That will about do it for this episode of Casey's Pod. A couple thanks we'd like to give before we head out. Advisor, teacher for the night card, Kevin Arrow, Joe Johanna Connor, all the others, the staff, and everyone else behind the scenes. Jack Fritz, once again, for taking the time to join us. Find colonized articles and everyone else is on the staff at www.netcar.org and check out the Nightcar on Twitter at mpnetcar on with on Instagram at mpnetcar. That's mpnetcar on both platforms and remember to head over to www.netcar.org to read the latest news. Check out the podcast on Twitter at kcpodcast1. That's at kcpodcast1. If you have a writing question you would like Colin and I to answer on Friday's edition of Casey's Pod, email us at kc.podcast21 at gmail.com. That's kc.podcast21 at gmail.com. If you have a call-in question you would like Colin and I to answer, search up anchor.fm slash Casey's Podcast slash message. That's anchor.fm slash Casey's Podcast slash message. Thanks to Anchor. Listen to us on any place you get your podcast: Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Pocket Podcasts, etc. Or listen to us over there with our friends from Anchor at www.anchor.fm slash Casey's Podcast. That's www.anchor.fm slash Casey's Podcast. Thanks for listening. We will see you next time.